0: So uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, to uh, uh, teach about how to arise and be free. Arise and be free so we can understand uh, what brings bondage and what brings freedom into our lives. <clears throat> I know we all know the story about David. We, I think uh, last this past um, uh, um, Rejoice Detroit meeting, uh, we taught on how to recover all. And how David was taken by surprise and things were stolen from him. And there was a lot of discouragement and feelings that could could bind themselves to you and keep you from being able to move forward in life. This is the work of the enemy. He is always looking to set snares for the people of God so that he can bind us and hinder us from going forward in life. Uh, because our going forward, you know, sometimes we don't really focus on it a lot, and I guess it's okay but it's always good to keep in mind your mission here on earth your real mission you know your mission here on earth is to do your part to enhance God's kingdom increase it to bring more souls in to (coughs) benefit humanity through the preaching of the gospel that's your first call that's your first mission here and so, as we understand our mission and our ministry, we have to know that there's an enemy who's set dead set against you getting that accomplished, and he will manifest himself at different times, he'll manifest himself in different ways, he'll manifest himself sometimes in such a way as to hinder us and to uh destroy us and so we have to always keep in mind that that we have to keep ourselves free as much as possible to be servants of God we can't allow ourselves to get bound by things uh sometimes i says i said these things will come suddenly and take us by surprise there are sudden attacks of the enemy some of them you can see coming some of them are are um I would say more attitudes of the heart and the mind that keep us from being free to serve God. Those are the more difficult ones. Uh, those are the ones that kind of we struggle against a lot. But they all are, can be broken with the power of God. And we can remain a free people uh, if there are certain things and <clears throat> attitudes within us that keep us bound and keep us maybe a little self-conscious as we serve God or, or feeling that we're not quite equipped to serve him, not ready to serve him. Or, or perhaps there are things in your natural surroundings that you think uh, don't allow you the freedom you need to, to, to have to serve God. There are so many things that can hinder this because this is where uh, the devil likes to keep God's people is frozen, immobilized without effectiveness here on earth for God. If he can keep us bound up in that kind of stuff, then he's uh, all the more happy because we're unable then to go forward and and reproduce after our own kind. You know, uh, that's what God wants us to do. As we're sons and daughters of God, he expects us to bring many more sons and daughters of God to him. And that's our primary uh, purpose here on the earth. And of course, make disciples of all men uh as I was uh, in my office I heard uh uh shannon and, and um uh, and uh, um, uh, Daryl sharing about the things of God and that's discipleship you understand what I'm saying uh, it's the body of Christ it's our responsibility to free each other up. And when you get questions answered, there's a freedom that comes to your soul. There's an answer, an enlightenment that comes there that was never there before. And so we have to understand that uh, that's part of our life in God is to bring freedom, to bring release, to bring understanding. You know, so many times you're in churches where they bind you more. You know, they put more (coughs) requirements on you. You couldn't do the first Bunch and now there's more added to it, uh, and and so you can't even do do the little bit that you were bound in doing. So they add more. But praise God, you're in an atmosphere where you have the freedom uh, to be able to to have those grave clothes loose. You know what I'm saying? The things that have hindered us in the world and things that are left over from our old way of thinking. Uh, those things are, are stripped off of us through interaction and discipleship. And so as we understand the things of God, God, We understand that light and truth must come into our souls and our hearts so that we can get this freedom. When there's darkness there, the darkness is part of the binding see when you're in darkness you can't see which way to go and you're bound in your situation and you just are praying for light and answer God what do I do I'm I'm trying everything here and nothing seems to work Uh, you know I'm crying out to you and I'm calling on you and uh, this doesn't seem to budge very much so there's a a darkness that can be created there if you don't cling to the light and, and have the hope that God hears and that he has a plan and that that would be released to you in due season. And so these are the things that we we need to always keep in mind so that we can stay full of faith, we can stay encouraged, we can stay empowered because if you're walking in darkness, you cannot bring anybody to the light. If you're walking in light, then you draw people to the light. And there's so many different shades of darkness that we can get involved in <coughs> sometimes. It's a discouragement uh, because you're waiting on an answer to prayer and you feel like it's taking too long. That's a very common thing that grabs the hearts of believers and kind of immobilizes you. Uh, like nothing else matters until you get this thing settled and you get this thing from God. And so we can create a darkness around uh, discouragement and disappointment. Uh, sometimes you can uh, create darkness around uh, things that you desire that are not appointed to you. Sometimes you can look at somebody else's life and their testimony and think that's for you. You Sometimes there's a misunderstanding about how to receive from God. You know, we get so many influences from so many different teachers. Uh, you know, you turn on television and there's at least 8 or 12 channels. You know, we were worried at one time that... Christian, there wouldn't be any more Christian television but uh, it increases <laughs> so it looks like somebody was on the wrong page there but uh, you know when you get so many different opinions about things about the same scripture or something like that uh, then there's a the people that criticize everybody nobody's right but them and and so there's a lot of opportunity to get confused out here uh, because of, of uh, you know those different things and so many times we're looking for answers Answers, And we'll hear a preacher on television, you know, give a two, three step formula. And how many of you know that sounds easier than developing relationship with God? We think that's going to take a long time, you know, and really that's the answer all the time is go to your father and talk to him about what it is that's troubling you. And uh, and he'll give you an answer. You know, if he doesn't give you one, just keep doing what you're doing until something different happens. He says something different to you. And so, uh, you know, sometimes your quick formula didn't work for you and then we're upset about that and got to go all the way back to the drawing board start all over with God anyway but that's the way life is you know for believers there's all kinds of things that can can put this darkness you know about us that you know here I am doing the best I can and and nothing seems to be happening for me Uh, when is it going to be my turn when are things going to turn around when is it going to open up and we get one area of life to open up and then the other ones are shut down and you know it just goes on like this. And so sometimes it's difficult and challenging for us to abide in the freedom that God has created for us. Sometimes we're shackled and don't know it, you know? Uh sometimes somebody has to point that out to us that, that maybe we need to free ourselves up here to believe God more in certain areas. So so these these things about Freedom, being free to serve God and, and all of that uh, can be resolved. God has a way to resolve it. Uh, in David's situation, he learned early how to encourage himself in the Lord. In fact, that was a gift. And there are times when God gifts people with certain things because he knows that they're going to struggle with it. You know what I'm saying? It'll be a struggle they won't be able to overcome easily. So he gifts you and graces you to be able to to freely flow in that knowledge and in that understanding. and, And it doesn't bother you when trouble comes in that area because you know the way. You know you've got a path that you've cut out already uh, that God has allowed you access to and it works for you every time so that frees your mind up and then there are things other areas that may be a little more challenging. We all got our share of them. We all have our share of, of graces and we all have our share of challenges where the grace doesn't come too easily. The faith is hindered. We have doubts in that area. We just don't understand what God's doing and we're puzzled about it. And so these things will hinder our faith and, and then the grace of God is not as available to us because our lack of faith and trust in them. And so God then will, will develop, uh, uh, a remedy for us and sometimes that remedy will come from places that we never knew it would come from and that's the wonderful thing about God you don't have to know where it's your answer is <laughs> you have to know you don't have to have a method or a formula or anything you just have to cry out to God and know you've got a God in heaven who loves you and cares about you your relationship with him is going to be the bottom line in everything in your life. It's going to be how well do you know God? Are you seeking to know him the better? And sometimes the the bondage comes from our lack of knowledge. And our need to just press in our relationship more than anything. If that makes sense to you. So in Acts chapter 12, I thought I'd share this <coughs> Story with you about Peter in prison. A book of Acts is a very active book because it's got so many different uh, scenes in it and so many different players, so many different activities going on. Uh, it it seems I always say the Gospels are kind of fast paced uh, because you see the action of God uh, through Jesus Christ. And there's always something going on in God's kingdom. I mean, uh, it's like the Old Testament has come alive like in four books. And so then you see the book of Acts and you see an increase in the number of disciples. And it's coming alive even more. And so there's a lot going on in the book of Acts. But in particular, there's a persecution against the church. And this happens, it falls on all of the apostles at some point. They all are are challenged and threatened. Their lives are threatened continually. Uh, They're run out of town. They're beaten. They're flogged. they're, They're hunted men all because of their love for God. And their uh, desire to obey Jesus Christ in the preaching of the gospel. So in, in uh, uh, chapter 12. In verse 1 it says now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And so this is just this is like profiling. Religious profiling. And, and police harassment. Because they're not doing anything wrong. They're not an active threat to the government. They're not breaking any laws. Uh, It's very common that people uh, preach in the public square. uh, Because that's a, a kind of a way that they get information dispersed. So there's no law being broken here. And so what Herod does, as an example and to challenge the authority of the church, in verse 2, he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword, and because he saw it please the Jews, this is a political spirit, the man-pleasing politician is sometimes the biggest threat to everybody's liberty, to be honest with you, because you don't ever know who they're trying to please, of course it's never the church right nobody's ever bending over backwards trying to get get us as friends because he saw it please the jews he proceeded further to take peter also and these were the days of unleavened bread when he had apprehended him he put him in prison and delivered him to four to sixteen actually soldiers to keep him intending after easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but and this is the important but. And this is the important but in your life. This is always true in the believer's life, and you've got to understand this. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. When you need prayer, God will raise up somebody to pray for you. The church didn't just decide to pray for Peter on their own. You need to understand that if it's not your time, it's not your time. God determines the times and seasons in everybody's life. He knows exactly what he's got planned for each life that comes into the earth. He knows exactly what he expects you to do and when. He knows who's going to obey him and who's not. He knows all of these things. And so when God needs to raise up somebody to pray for you, he will raise up somebody to pray for you. You got me? I mean legitimate prayer can be made for you by the hand of God. He, he doesn't have to, uh, to ask you to ask him to pray. He doesn't, these are sovereign things of God. These are part of our covenant with God. God's promised us certain things in life and he will make sure that these things get accomplished. That's his job to make sure that they are carried out. And so in verse 6 it says, when Herod would have brought him forth the same night. Oh, this, is, this is interesting. When you're under God's authority, he knows exactly the timing and what the devil is going to do. And he knows exactly when to move on your behalf. This is the thing we have to accept. Sometimes that answer to prayer we're looking for, it's not time for it. It's not the season for it yet because there's certain other things in play. you got to understand the big picture. When you're a servant in God's kingdom, there's more to your life than just getting your answers to prayer so you can be happy. Then you can be satisfied. There are kingdom activities going on here that you play a part in. Well, I don't want to play a part. Well, I don't care. You're in it anyway. You understand what I'm saying? This always amazes me with people. They get involved in the things of God and they know how to receive the benefits of their covenant with God. But when it comes time to go a little further, do a little more, we're not sure we're called. We're not sure that's us. We're, we don't have time. You know, something else is pulling us. All these things. So we go about bearing false witness, you know, <laughs> and breaking, breaking all the commandments, the thou shalt nots, and, uh, you know, giving our excuses. For why we can 't, and if god 's ordained one person to do it, he 's ordained everybody to do it, you know you, you won't you don 't want to be an excuse maker uh, in god 's kingdom because if if you dishonor him, then he has no choice but to dishonor you you 'll be looking for something. That that will let you know that God holds you in high esteem. So you'll be looking for that vital breakthrough, and it won't be there for you, because at the vital time when God needed you for His kingdom purposes, you know, as long as it's not something to benefit you directly, you know, people are blinded this way. They think that uh, some of the things that they do are optional things. Well, these are ordained things because you have a life that God wants to bless, and this is how He blesses people. He blesses them through their service. And so when that's not engaged in. Then that delays what you're believing him for for even more. See you're not. Honoring him so he really cannot honor you the way he would like to by honoring that prayer, honoring your faith, letting that come through as an encouragement to you, making your life easier for you. And so we, we got to understand God's not mocked, folks. It's it's just that way. Um, you know, people don't like talk like this. You know why? Because it's not as easy as claiming something and confessing something. See if you take God out of it and just you confessing and you claiming it seems like a piece of cake but when you factor God in then that complicates things because then we got somebody who might demand certain things from us that we don't want to do and so he's going to stretch all of us at some point we're all going to be stretched to the limit uh just on on getting basic things that we need done in the lord so then the angel is so so and when herod was was just getting ready to kill peter then god comes through why is it that just when it's it's almost over for you god shows up do <laughs> you know why cuz that's the time when it's needed until that time You live in faith, you live in comfort, you live in peace, you live in the fruit of the Spirit. See, we don't live by events, we live by the Spirit. And if you live by the Spirit, there is the fruit of the Spirit there to sustain you. And you can live just like you got it before you get it. That's just the way faith is. So the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison. And he hit Peter on the side and raising him up saying, get up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said to him, gird yourself, bind on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, cast your garment around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wasn't sure if it was true what was being done. He didn't know if he was dreaming, if this was a trance, if it was a vision. The the power of God can catch you up to such a degree that you're just suspended out there. Especially angelic presence will do that to you. You'll just have to go on, go along with the program. And then once you get beyond that presence, then God can bring it to your consciousness what's going on. You got me? And so many times you'll see people. I wasn't sure if I was in the body or out of body. I can't tell you. You know that kind of thing. That's the way the power of God does. Especially in the gift of, of uh, supernatural faith. Or the gift of faith or the working of miracles. It's, it's that intense of a power. Why? God has to restrain somebody from disobeying him. And goofing up the whole thing. So your ability to wrestle against this process is suspended. That's why you're not sure if you're in a trance or if you're in your, your normal self. You don't experience it like a natural person would. And so he says he didn't, wasn't sure but he thought he saw the angel in a vision. When they were past the first and second ward they came to the iron gate that leads into the city which opened to them of its own accord. So there's got to be a great supernatural power about them for these things to happen. Latches on iron gates coming off and you having access to things that you didn't have before. That's great supernatural power That's that's gone forth there. Anytime something's been closed to you for a long time and closed to you in the natural and all of a sudden that access comes, that's a miracle from God, folks. That's just not your faith doing the and your confession doing this kind of stuff. God's involved here. And he says he went out and passed through one street. And forthwith the angel departed from him. So the angel left when Peter was free and in safety. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a certainty that the Lord sent his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she saw Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told every She's so excited. You know, it's like they were in there all in faith and power and praying and Get an answer, and then you so excited you leave the answer outside the gate. And they said to her, "You're crazy." She constantly affirmed that it was even so, and they said, "No, it's his angel." But Peter continued knocking. When they'd opened the door, they saw him, were astonished. He beckoning unto them with the hand. to hold their peace declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of prison and he said go show these things to James the brethren And he departed and went to another place now as soon as it was day there was no small stir among the soldiers what was become of Peter when Herod had sought for him and found him not he examined the keepers and commanded they be put to death and he went down from Caesarea and their abode (laughs) now Herod uh, finally dies he dies right after Peter's escaped you see how the devil is he's moving herod to put peter to death because he knows herod's gonna get it soon you got me the devil knows how much time he has he knows a lot of things that that we don't we're not aware that he knows that's why his timing is so good in things, so he's moving Herod to kill him soon, knowing that Herod's going to get himself in trouble with God. In fact, he's probably surprised he's lasted this long. Herod, instead of giving honor to God, lifts himself up even higher than he is, and so he's struck dead by God. And so but the devil would have had him murder Peter before he left the Earth. And so Herod's no longer there anymore as a threat to um, to him or anybody. And God's made an example of Herod. So there's a lot of fear now of God in this place. And this is what God wants. He wants to be able to get his job done. So he, Peter, being an apostle and commanded by God to preach, the gospel gets the gospel preached whether he's bound in prison and almost dead whether he comes out alive and God kills the man who imprisoned him as an example so that fear falls on the city so that they fall on their face and believe God any way he does it God will get his message across. There's so many ways God gets his message across through his people. It's not even funny. A lot of times we have it in our mind we're going to just lead somebody to the Lord. Let me, give me your hands and let's pray. And it never works out that way. Never works out that way. Seldom works out that way. And I believe these disciples had in their mind a certain way that Peter was going to get out of prison. That's why they were astonished when he was right out there at the gate while they were praying. You see? And so these things, when these things come into our minds, we need to understand that God is so much bigger than our thoughts. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we're going to examine our story a little bit more closely and, and get to understand some of the things that we relate to even now, as far as our ability to get up and over obey God and certain things are concerned so in chapter I mean I'm sorry in verse 5 we see where Peter was in prison but there's an intercession that's being made for him God has always to move and if he's going to move on earth there must be faith released from earth for him to, to have something to work with. When Jesus would go and, and heal people, he would always ask them something so they could release their faith if it wasn't released already. Do you believe I can do this? Yes, Lord, I believe you can do it. And so that faith that gets released allows him to work and bring a cure and a remedy down here on earth. So we know that Peter was wrongfully in prison. There was no reason for him to be in jail. And verse 6 when Herod would have brought him forth that same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison so he was triple locked up those in that day very very dangerous criminals were kept that way that was reserved for people like murderers for people who were uh, insurrectionists all that kind of stuff the devil sees us the same way the world sees a murderer or somebody who could overthrow a government. He sees us as highly dangerous people. That's why many times when you when you try to do something for God, you'll find that you have to pray uh to get a clearance to do these things. You have you just can't jump up and do things in God. You know, many times we'll we'll be in the in the supermarket and And think, well, you know, God, lead me to somebody. Well, have you prayed already to get that released to you so that you can step into that and know that that, that's what God wants you to do? You know, these are things that that have to have the groundwork laid for them. uh, And we need to understand that as believers. You know, just sometimes it's as simple as getting up and say, God, uh, let me be available to you today. Direct my steps in ways that, that I need to go. I can remember spending uh, time fasting a lot when I was a new Christian or newer Christian uh, because it helped me to hear from God. It helped me to understand God better. You know, over the years, you know, you sort of kind of walk in a knowledge and you think you're all cool and everything. And so you, those things slip away from you. But I notice if I go back to them again, do the basic laying the groundwork in god that needs to be done those doors open up again just like they've always been there you understand what i'm saying it's just a matter of well gee lord how come i can't do this (laughs) you know what i'm saying you just you just want to discipline yourself even more uh to do the right thing so that that groundwork can be laid for you and so uh peter being falsely imprisoned was chained and bound by his captors the other thing you need to understand that in, in our lives many times it's some kind of level of disobedience that can bind us. You know maybe we haven't done what we know we need to do. Sometimes there are things that we put off doing and we could be more diligent about doing them. And so these things will restrict us and hinder us. Just like making yourself available through prayer before you go out for the day uh, can make your your days adventuresome instead of boring and just running into people and bumping into people and having your same old average normal day. There is no difference between me as a believer when I was a younger believer than there is now. Except I'm older. Older in the Lord, supposedly wiser. But sometimes we put away these things where we need to keep them near and close to us. And so there are forces that will bind us and keep us chained up so that we're not as free as we should be to obey God and to be productive in his kingdom and, and do the right thing and do things. Sometimes it's, it's just merely a matter of... <clears throat> Before you go in somewhere, uh, you sit in your car as you're listening, uh, you know, uh, filling your your mind, feeding on your Christian music or feeding on your Christian teachings. Just pray in the Spirit for ten minutes, God. If there's somebody in here that I need to talk to about you. Just put me before that person. Don't get discouraged if it doesn't happen right away. See, This is a thing that happens with us. We don't think that works because we tried it once or twice and and nothing came of it. Something did come of it. God heard that prayer. And perhaps at the next place you stop, that person will be there. Or the next day you go out, that person will be there. But we need to set these things up with prayer. We need to go out expecting that God will use us to share Christ with someone because there's a whole world going to hell because they don't know the Lord only difference is the believer needs to make himself available to meet that need and so that's that's really where relationship with God really comes in your personal walk with God will determine if you just walk past people and go in stores to get what you need or if you go there expecting that God will have you share the gospel with somebody. Sometimes it's not a new person or somebody who doesn't know the Lord. But sometimes there are people that maybe have a knowledge of God, but don't know him in the supernatural. Don't know that he can heal or that he can encourage or bless in some way. So uh, I know when we were uh, last Sunday, I I had had something planned to teach. And as I called people up obeying God, uh, I noticed that there were a couple people that were not well. And so as I began to exhort and, and pray for people, it, we wound up having a healing service. Well, Nola had invited some family members. And when she she had come up to the altar and she said, do you remember so-and-so that we prayed for? She was talking to Pastor Shirley. It was the lady that they had prayed for a year before and uh, she was saying um, my cousin just told me they're thinking about putting her in a hospice she said she was doing so much better she's had breast cancer and she had been doing so much better and now all of a sudden it looks like they're going to put her you know put her away somewhere because she's that bad and so there were a number of things that needed to be done as far as ministering health and healing to people and so i i uh, got a head uh, Uh, um, chanel go to the bookstore i said just get me a scarf i don't care what it looks like you know sometimes people get picky about you know is is, is this what color is this too busy for no you know it's not too busy just go get it and bring it here and so i wore it like i always do these things and and um and so they took it to the the uh, cousin who had you know there's a rumor going through the family that she wasn't going to see anybody and so uh, one of the cousins said well I don't care I'm going anyway and so here was the door God was opening so that chains that the enemy tried to put on people who could help her begin to fall off you see now many times we respect those warnings and don't go to see people we just you know it's well you know i mean you know what can i do well you can do a lot if there's intercession made and if god is moving you know we know all know the signs god is moving here everything's set up for this woman to get her miracle and when the cousin went in she said uh The lady that she was giving the scarf to, she said, immediately when I went in she grabbed that scarf from me and wrapped it around and she said what else do you have for me and started listening to her healing tape. so Nola sent me a picture of her they would taken a picture where she and like her four sisters were all dressed up in different scarves where she was <laughs> and she was smiling I told Nola I said she looks healed and she said she really does and she was listening she's been listening to her word the whole time since she's it's been given to her so sometimes these false chains that we feel you know you know how you feel like you know yeah well i'm not getting a chance to witness to anybody i don't know what's wrong with me what's going on god those are false chains many times the chains that the enemy has put on us and we just let them shackle us because we believe falsely that god about the things about god god wants to use us To win the loss to him. He doesn't want us just to sit around and think nothing's ever going to happen. It's never going to change. We're never going to be able to win these people. We can't win this city. We can't talk to people about the Lord. He wants us to know that we are a force to be reckoned with. And so when the enemy comes in with this discouragement and these chains over your brain. Trying to keep you from talking to people. And keep you from encouraging people in the things of God. We need to rise up like Peter did and and get that stuff off of us you know god has sent prayer for us jesus sits at the right hand of the father and he lives for ever to make intercession for us and so these uh, chains of unbelief you know all of these dark forces that we allow to crowd our minds and hold us down and hold us back and keep us from speaking for God these things have to be broken off with the light of God we got to come out of this and snap out of it and tell God you know what God I'm sorry for sitting here believing that I was ineffective in this earth because You got me? Because of one thing or another. You know, I I can remember I I didn't really ever care what people said. I would terrorize a place uh, where I was just making sure everybody was going to heaven. You know, because I wanted them to go to heaven. Because I felt God wanted them to go to heaven. You know, according to the Bible. But sometimes we can get so bound. In our own souls where we've, we've constantly tried to figure out and figure out and figure out and figure out and all our figuring was always wrong. It's just always wrong. And so with Peter here, (coughs) he's bound by illegal forces. Anything that, that hinders us from going forth in the service of God is an illegal force. It's just wrong. And so we need to learn as believers how to break ourselves out of that mentality of it's not going to happen. Or it's somebody else's job. Or you know it's something else is wrong. It's some kind of excuse. There's no excuse. The door is wide open for souls to be saved and souls to be won. So we're imprisoned in a way because we're not effective <clears throat> and we live and we function at a lower level than what God intends for us. He wants us to function at a high supernatural level. Sometimes, uh, uh, compromise comes in we can make an excuse for something real easily you know if something doesn't go the way we uh, think God wants it to go we can easily excuse it so that you know well we'll get it the next time around the next time around never happens and so we have to learn how to grab on to God in the moment and go forward and and shake these chains off so We don't want to live and function at a lower level than God intended. So, uh, and, and sometimes we don't believe that we can live at that high level. We just don't see ourselves that way. And I can tell you uh, go back into the Word where the promises are. Go back into the Word that assures you of your call, assures you of being effective. I think the Book of Acts is a good place. To meditate and dwell for a season. If you want to see the supernatural of God fall on believers. uh, It's a good place to be and to meditate. And if this year is going to be the year of the believer. We better step into it. You know we got to step it up and expect. And we've got to be diligent in our preparation for God to use us. So you know we go out and get all the old. Remember the old helps. uh, And thy house. Remember that book that everybody got so stirred up. I remember that book came uh to me at a time when I was a fairly new believer and I just was looking for encouragement because I I just didn't have that much hope for certain People In my family to get saved because all you know is their past. You don't know their future. And so I began to read that and I saw how one by one just through prayer and this lady not saying much to witness to her family. God moved and got them all her whole household was saved like in the span of two to four years. And so that was a very encouraging testimony. And uh, um, uh, she was such a, a sweet woman. Um, you all met her. What's yeah, uh, yeah, and and so what's her name again? Yeah, Diana. Uh, she came with her husband here, and uh, her her son since has become a pastor. Uh, they're under him. He's their pastor. He's a pastor for the whole family, and uh, God has done wonderful, miraculous things uh, with them since then. But she was such a an encouraging woman, and such a a, um, a humble kind of like everyday person you could see God doing that for for you because he did it for her she kind of put it on a level where it, it made it available to everybody and so it's, it's good to know that God wants to use us and we'll do that. And so sometimes if it means getting out the old stuff and shaking the dust off of it. Some of us still have cassette players where the old cassette tapes were that we used to feed on all the time. And those things were, were uh, important for us. Then we got to build ourselves up, you know, and, and build ourselves up in faith and in the power of God. And that will help for your personal chains. So, you know, and, and uh, forget the excuse making. You know, uh, I don't know what's wrong. It must be somebody else's fault. I'm doing my best. And then, you know, in, in when you have the really darkest thoughts, oh, what's the use? You know, I, this is not going to work anyway, that kind of thing. And so it's easy to get discouraged to the point where you just don't believe that God is going to do all of the things that he's promised he's going to do. Use You and with your life. And so we have to get ourselves to the point where we are self-encouragers more. But there may be times when you don't have that in you to encourage yourself. And so we see Peter in that situation. I don't know if if encouragement is really going to help him uh, because he's probably believing God and hoping for God to do something for him. But then in the back of his mind there's a little something else there probably doubting not being sure not understanding so these dark thoughts originate from the dark one satan and when we're troubled and we are not satisfied with our lives we're not satisfied with the fruit that's coming forth we're not satisfied with our level of ministry and and we're not satisfied with the converts that we see in our household and all that kind of stuff the enemy can come in uh, very very quickly to discourage us with excuse making and well you know people have to want to get saved before they're saved they have to want you know we put the responsibility on them again instead of understanding that God has a plan and we need to seek to fit in with his plan so that people can receive what God has for them and so but in Peter's case in verse 5 we see the mercy of God in action because God raises up intercessors for us when we can't do any better I mean, you know, you come to the end of what you know. You come to the end of what you believe. And he'll raise up somebody to pray for you. God is faithful. Amen. He cannot deny himself. He says, I'm the almighty God. I have mercy on whom I have mercy. I pardon who I pardon. I do what I want to do in the realm of mercy. And so in the mercy of God, he's able to move. And he has these people make earnest prayer for Peter, not just, you know, wondering wondering prayer but this is faith filled prayer this is earnest prayer and they pray without ceasing and it's good to have people in your life who pray it's interesting, I was thinking about a person that I used to pray for quite a bit, and I realized, I said, you know, I kind of slacked off in praying, and, and God had given me an uh, uh, understanding of their vision, what they needed, and where they were going, and so forth and so on so on and somehow that got broken down over the years and I thought about it the other day and I thought you know what God I'm going to recommit to pray for this person even more you know and refresh in myself in their vision and where they're going in life and and how you know important it is uh, to pray for people especially when they carry the word of God when they carry ministry and they can help people and so these are things that God refreshes and he renews in us and he restores in us and I'm my prayer is that he'll do it with you as well where you'll continue to pray for people uh, you know and not assume everything's okay just God you know whatever they need today sometimes I'll pray like that God whatever that person needs today just meet that need don't let that need go unmet you know and, and pray in the Holy Ghost for a season until you get released from it and those things are just really so important so we see the church here making prayer for him without ceasing. One of the things that I, I am thankful for that we saw fit to do was a prodigal prayer was to continue to undertake that as an important step, in making sure that the body of Christ remains intact Uh, because people who slip away from God uh, sometimes don't find their way back and I think it's a a mercy of God that he wants us to be involved in making the way for people to find their way back to God that that way has to be made for them and so In, in praying for people, uh, we need to understand the importance of forgiveness. Sometimes we slack off from praying for people because of misunderstandings or, or, uh, um, you know, offenses, things of that nature. Uh, we have to let all of that go and then earnestly pray, take up earnest prayer for people. Sometimes we want to quit on them thinking, uh, you know, they have to want to get saved, you know, that kind of excuse because we're angry because it's not happening in our time, you know, the the way we want it to happen. And so we have to kind of get the slate cleaned off again and get a fresh start, uh, get before God and, and make sure that God understands that we're acknowledging our failure to obey him and to do what's acceptable and to go forth so that we can can make earnest prayer for people, prayer that'll be answered And that uh, our prayers are acceptable to God. So in verse 6 we see God's timing. We saw Herod was about to bring Peter out and kill Peter. And so God sends answers and help at the right time. Just in the nick of time. Had he gotten Peter out earlier, Herod could have uh, put him back in prison again. You see what I'm saying? Even stronger. Or had him killed right on the spot. So sometimes your place of restriction can be a safe haven for you. It can be a place where God can restrict your activities and and keep you in a a holding pattern. But in a teaching pattern. In a grooming pattern. In a maturity pattern. So that the the man of, of faith will be whole and entire lacking nothing. Sometimes being restricted increases your patience you have to rely on the fruit of patience even more you have to be patient with yourself you have to be patient with others you have to to wait it out so to speak until God's ready you know when you're when you're new in God you whine like a baby for everything you put a pacifier in your mouth just to shut you up you know what I'm saying just throw you a little bone here and there something to play with to keep you occupied but you know when you when you start wanting to carry more things for God he will pull out of you greater fruit of the spirit he'll pull out more enduring fruit of the spirit things that you're gonna need to make it through to the very end and so God will do that Uh, and bless God that he does he's not playing with us he's not putting things off to give us a hard time but he's developing in us a greater fruit and a greater maturity so that we'll be able to do more for him you'll be able to have greater staying power uh, in the things of God, so so that's all part of it. You know, it's all a, a, a strong part of it. So as Herod's about to bring him out, God sends his deliverance, and God sends <clears throat> an angel, and the angel slaps him on the side and tells him to get up. Now it's interesting that Peter's in jail, but he's asleep. That's the good part. See, that's God. There are a lot of people in jail that can't sleep. You understand what I'm saying? Or they sleep fitfully or they toss and turn and all that kind of stuff. But God allowed him rest even though he was bound. We can be peaceful about our chains. You know, we can be peaceful about God's restrictions. We can be peaceful about the things that we know in our hearts are not the right things to do as servants of God. Even though you can see a hundred zillion other people doing that very thing, you know it's not right for you. And you're not upset about it. You just consider that to be part of your relationship with God. They have to relate to him the way they need to. You relate to him the way you need to. But we don't, we don't allow it to disturb our peace. I think that's where the devil gets a lot of people. You know they see what other ministers are doing and they look at all that money they've got. Look at how they dress and look at it and it disturbs their peace. If you can be the type of person that has made your vow to God, God I will not take more than what you tell me I should take or what my conscience tells me to take or if you have a faithful group of elders and they put you on a salary and you're told every year how much more it's not dependent upon what the size of the offering is and all that God I will not move beyond what you have given me already You know, keep yourself under a discipline and you can always go to God with a clear conscience and a respect on the inside of you where you understand and you know that what you're doing is right for you. I don't know about that person over there, but I know that what I've worked out with God, this is right for me. This is the right thing for me and I won't do anymore. And so when you have that peace, you can sleep when you have that peace you're trustworthy when you have that peace you're not disturbed and you won't make any foolish moves abruptly and disturb the plan of God that he has for you you'll just be able to step into that plan when the time for uh, elevation comes and the time for promotion and deliverance come you'll be able to step right into it because you're already walking in God's peace you made peace about your chains God, if it's not for me today, I'm gonna serve you anyway. You know, if it's not for me to, to reconcile with, with my, uh, spouse or ex or something like that, it's not time for my child to come home or whatever you're trying to, to, uh, reconcile and, and get your answer. God, I'm gonna serve you anyway. I'm gonna serve you with joy. I'm not gonna be grudging. I'm not gonna be angry. I'm not, I'm not gonna let these chains bind me stronger. Because there's always the the option to go deeper into darkness about things. You know, uh, people get upset about things that weren't even promised to them. This I don't get. You know, I mean, how do you know if God told you he's going to do that? Now, God's faithful. And if you believe he's faithful, he'll do exactly what he says he's going to do when he says he's going to do it. And it'll be a blessing to you. It won't be a problem in your life. So, if you got a problem, there's something wrong somewhere, and it ain't wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with God. I have it on good authority there's nothing wrong with God. The sun came up this morning. That means there's nothing wrong with God. You understand me? And so it, it's one of those things where, where you have to understand that there's something dark kind of holding those chains to us. And I think God brings light and enlightenment to get that light in us first before our chains come off in the natural. Before the restriction will come off in the natural, there has to be an enlightenment on the inside of us. And so good because you, you can move in faith and confidence then. You can move in a freedom then. You can move in a release. In an ability to believe God for greater things. You're more help to yourself and to other people. When you're like that, man, you're not crippled and you're not running around trying to get help and all that kind of stuff. You're, you're an asset <laughs> to yourself and to, to others. So it's, it's a beautiful thing when we see how God is so faithful to bring us out of these things so that we can have the freedom to do what he's called us to do. So this angel shows up and, 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 and a light then shined in the prison. That's what you want. That's your answer from God. That's your enlightenment from God. And the answer is is not, I'm going to do something or that kind of stuff. Sometimes it does come prophetically like that. But very quickly after you're enlightened, the chains fall off because there's no reason for them to be on anymore. And once the darkness lifts and you can see your way out of this, then the chains will come off. I'm not saying God gives the physical material answer right then and there, but you have faith again. You're encouraged again. You're hopeful again. Those kinds of chains have come off of you. And so that enlightenment comes up on the inside and you're able to, to get your, yourself elevated. And so the it says in verse 7, he hit Peter on the side, raised him up saying, arise up quickly. In other words, respond to the revelation of God quickly, because that that revelation, if you don't grab it, you know sometimes it sounds too good to be true. You know, God will tell you, "Well, I'm going to do that for you," and you think this is something inside you wants to pull the darkness back up again. You got me? Oh no, that's that's too good. You know, God, He wouldn't do that. Well, you've been asking Him to do it. You've been asking him to do great things. You've been asking him to open doors for you to witness and open doors for you to get more money and open doors for you. Oh, I won't do that. Well, don't shut the door again. But get up quickly in the light and receive that answer quickly. Because the enemy can come right behind that light and give you some darkness. You know, (laughs) it's like uh, Sister Edder said, God will give you a prophecy and the devil will come in the next breath and put a date on it. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, It's just just that way. Not that God doesn't give dates, but I'm telling you, sometimes they're not available in the same sentence. And so uh, we have to be careful to obey God. So when you rise up, that's God telling you that your freedom has come. Freedom is always on a higher level than bondage is yeah. bondage is living on a low level yeah. freedom is on a high level yeah. you always see the prisons uh, you, they're never like elevated well one one exception Tower of London and that's because it was in a castle you know right. And it was reserved for nobility and and kings and queens and people like that. All the the miscreants and malfactors were down in the dungeon. You got me? (laughs) But the real jail is always underground. Why? Because it's dark there. It sets a mood for you to feel discouraged. It sets a mood for you to stay in darkness but you'll have to elevate yourself in some way you got to take God's way out and that way is always to come up and stand up God will never talk to you down there in your darkness he won't talk to you in your confusion he won't talk to you in your discouragement he won't talk to you and give you the instructions for the way out when you're you're depressed you got to get yourself encouraged and enlightened before you can hear he's a God of light Now he'll send a word to bring you out, but you've got to rise up yourself and receive that word. You've got to show some action that you want to hear from God and you want the freedom and that you're ready to move on it when he gives it to you. Sometimes you realize God sent me answers before and I didn't pay any attention to them. He's moved on me before to get up and do this. And I didn't respond. Now all of a sudden I feel desperate. I think it's time to move. And so God sometimes will move. When he knows that you don't have any ability anymore to refuse him. The angel said to him. As Peter rose up quickly. The chains fell off of their own accord. That's what faith does. When your faith in God is exercised. All the binding forces are loosed. All the discouragement in your mind. All the doubt in your mind. All the things people have told you that that make you think you're not promotable. Or you're not the person they're going to pick for something. Or anything like that. All that drops off of you as you rise up into the knowledge of God. You're rising up into the place where God has positioned you. And you elevate yourself to that point. Now, that door has to be open to you from God. This is not some kind of optimistic pep talk you can do yourself you You've got to hear from God yourself on these things, and so the prayer that was made for Peter made all this possible in that prayer was the the uh commission of the angel was the word of the Lord was the escort of the angel everything that happened to Peter came as an answer to that prayer that was being made for him and so it's good to have people praying for you folks it's good to have people praying and so God brings us out of a a discouraged mental condition uh, in order to enlighten us you kinda start believing it's possible again Your mind starts to meditate on the the dreams and the hopes and the vision that you had at one time. Everything's different once God's word comes in because it brings light and it brings strength and it brings power and encouragement to you. It brings all of those things because God has responded to that need and it fits. It's not something Uh, Over here for years from now. It's something that is going to set you free right here right now. God knows the word. The fit word that's going to set you right free right here in the here and now. So Peter then in in verse 8 raises himself up in strength. Gird yourself. Bind on your sandals. So he did. And he said to him put your garment on and follow me. And so Peter was able to get up and dress himself and move forward now there was a prophecy that peter had received from jesus before jesus left the earth you guys remember that he was there arguing with <laughs> with john right this is always his custom this is you like him more than you old cheetahs right <laughs> Jesus, you don't treat me right. So it was one of them situations. In John 21, I'll read it to you very, very quickly. Because this was something that was spoken of because it had been told so many times. It was said in front of a a number of people where uh, 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 Jesus was commissioning Peter. And he was commissioning him to feed his lambs he says if you love me feed my lambs and so this is to me this is how ministers prove they love God they see the flock as their responsibility and they live to feed the flock when you start living to fleece the flock something's wrong with you you got me I mean and there are a lot of people like that folks this is, this is the true test of devotion of a minister. And he said to him a third time, and he says, feed my sheep. And he says this also to him in verse 18. Truly I say to you, when you were young, you would dress yourself, walk where you wanted to go. But when you shall be old, you'll stretch forth your hands and another shall dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. So Peter being in prison, part of this seemed to be coming to pass for him. He'd think it was over for him. Until the angel hits him on the side and tells him, get up and dress yourself. Your time has not come yet. So then Peter snaps out of this, these chains that are holding him. He says, I'm getting up, I'm dressing myself. It's not my time. I get to preach another day. I get to live another day. I get to live. You got me? And he said, verse 19, he spoke signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeing the disciple who Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at the supper, said, Lord, uh, which is he that betrays you? And Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? In other words, what's how's John going to die? You got me? Peter says, what if I... Let him live until I come back. You follow me. Peter's mind wanders a lot, you know, but no he winds up in prison. You know what I'm saying? He's mind wandering is always who's going to be first in the kingdom. He's always got some little side some little some little alley he's going down in his brain, and so Jesus does make a commit, and so. There were rumors that spread because of these prophecies. These were the last words of Jesus to certain people. And people were expecting Peter to be imprisoned and die in prison, be led away. And sometimes faith can work to manifest. Manifest. That's why God that's why the Bible says earnest prayer was made without ceasing for him. See, this is a prayer that God has ordered not something based on what they know Peter's final fate is going to be. Cuz there's probably a bunch of believers that remember when Jesus said Peter was going somebody was going to bind him and take him where he didn't want to go, uh, it's over for Peter. But God sent word for earnest prayer to be made for him without ceasing. Don't stop praying for Peter. This is not his time. That's why when when people heard thought they heard he was out there at the gate, they said it couldn't be Peter. Why? Because in their minds they're thinking Peter's time is over. Even though they're praying earnestly, their minds can be flitting off into some area Because of head knowledge. You know when people hear prophecy about the future they'll hold on to that more than they hold on to the word that they read every day. And so you have to be careful about things like that. But God knows how to command prayer for you that will override what people think about you in the natural. He's made me do it for people before. People I've been offended at and so forth and so on. I found out I can still want to believe good for them. Even after all of that. And so this is very, very possible with God. All things are possible with him. So Peter's able to get up, put on his own clothes. He's able to move about. He goes out (laughs) to where everybody is. And so when those chains come off. Peter has a new sense of who he is. He went on to preach the gospel um, more and more. He you know, did a little compromise. That's Peter's way of doing things. But Peter went on to be obedient to, the, to God until he left this earth. And so as he walks and obeys this, this uh, angel, it's almost as though he's in a trance. And he finally believes it's not his time to die after he gets outside of the city. That's when God releases him to make sense of what has just happened to him. But until then he has to hold him suspended in the spirit until he can get him free and show him Peter it's not your time to die. So this was a lot of this was confirming Uh, to peter that he was called to preach the gospel and he's called to preach the gospel to the jews just as paul was called to preach to the gentiles his reality gets confirmed in verse 11 where the gate opens of its own accord and then he understands that he's been delivered out of the hand of herod and from all the expectation of the people of the jews And so as as Peter was in jail, he was ready just to succumb to his fate that he thought it was time for him. But as he begins to work with this angel, he realizes it's just not his time. It's good to know that you have something to do for God because it's not your time. It'll be your time at some time, but now it's not your time when you have plans, when you have uh, things on your agenda. Peter's thinking not only about what Jesus said about when, how he's going to die, but he's also thinking about what he said before that. And that was feed my sheep, feed my people, be a servant of mine in the earth and do what I've called you to do down here. It's easy to get more years from God. All you got to do is be in the will of God just understand that God is not done with you it's not your time you have got a lot more to do for God God's got people in your life who are depending upon you who are wanting you to live who are wanting you to to be there for them all of that it all helps uh, to keep us going until it is our time when God um, um, causes us to depart from the earth and so Peter then is able to get back with the believers and he's able to be a blessing there they see a miracle They see that their prayer, uh, even though it's clouded by natural uh, uh, knowledge and things that they know about what they believe is going to happen with Peter, all this kind of stuff, God can override that through allowing people to pray by the Spirit and pray uh, for his will to be done on earth. But it's a good thing to know, though, that for people who are bound, think about the people that you know who are believing a lie. That's caused them to walk away from God. It's important to know that if God has called you to pray for them. There is a prayer that you can pray without ceasing for them. That will bring them into that light. So they can rise up and the chains can fall off. If you get in a place where you stay on the wrong road too long. And and you get bound in some kind of goofy doctrine or some kind of under, misunderstanding of God's word. Or something that uh, tantalizes your flesh more than your spirit. God can send people with earnest prayer. Earnest prayer will catch up with you and release you. Bring light and enlightenment to you. So those chains will fall off. I mean that's a blessing. How far he goes to bless us. And how far he goes to keep us free. And how far he goes to help us to realize our purpose down here on earth. It, it's amazing. You know eternity is a long time. Compared to here. Uh, you know and I, I know sometimes. If you're a little Catholic in your thinking. You know Catholics think everything's suffering down here. You know what I'm saying. I, to a degree that's true. Because you're not here to have your way. Not in the flesh. You understand me? I mean, I know it's exaggerated and because they don't have the spirit. With their teaching many times, it's it's rough. But you're not here for you. You're here to be servants of God. It's like Peter, to feed the sheep. He didn't say have a party. He didn't say fleece the sheep. He didn't say live in a grand palace. He said feed these people. You know, anything else you get as a reward from God, that's beautiful if you got peace with it. But if not, just go ahead and do what God's called you to do, you know, and, and be uh, diligent in it and be glad for it and, and allow God to use us and allow God to help us, promote us, uh, strengthen us and encourage us so that because somebody's looking for us for God, folks. Somebody's looking for a way out of their misery, somebody's looking for a definitive answer, and that's what Jesus is and that's what we have for them. Amen. All right, Father, we thank you for your allowing us the knowledge and understanding of our purpose here and how easy it is to slip out of purpose and slip over into the natural. And Father, we say the natural stops right here and your purpose begins for us in a new and a revealing way and we thank you for that and we bless you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up.